What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? It is another impromptu night live presented by Corona Cigar. We got the new Corona Cigar lids in tonight. These are the very, we are the very first people in the world. This is the new black with the leather patch. I love it. And then we've got a new gray with a leather patch. And mm -hmm. and people are going to win. Are those Not flex fit? Uh, those are uh, snapbacks. They're okay. uh, snap, snapback truckers. So um, um, tonight we're, we're, we're blitzing out our inventory of Corona, out all of our stuff for both shows. We're going to, you know, we're winding down the season. We're going to um, start the new year fresh. So normally we have one prize pack. So every Monday until we finish the show, the second weekend of December, we're giving away two prize packs each and every week. Um, and then um, uh, so like tonight, someone is going to win two hats. So they win the original FSG hat and then they'll get their choice of the gray or the black. So we have two packs of cigars, two ashtrays, two hats, a bunch of stickers. So it is going to be off the chain. We're going to have tons of good giveaways uh, coming up. And uh, let's see who's who's joining us. All oh, the chat panel is getting full already. Already, Adam Wolf, what's going on? Danny, Chad, uh, Jeff, Celestino, uh, the New England Cigar Militia. What is going on? Smoking Lead Robert, another fantastic guy that people should be following on TikTok. Smoking Lead Robert. At least he's yeah. doing something with cigars, right? Yeah, at least he, yeah, he's got. <laughs> at least he does cigar stuff. So, yeah. Diggins, what are we smoking tonight? Uh, tonight I'm smoking a uh, Corona House blend. No, nah, I'm just kidding, dude. I'm smoking the All Saints. Dedication. We've got our guest tonight, Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars, and this is what I'm smoking. All right, I'm I'm starting off because we we had a photo shoot before the show. I mean, Mickey's chiming in, and I'm putting his name up on there, and uh, so I'm starting off. I'm almost done with this FSG from our sponsor, Corona Cigar, and I will be moving on to the Dedication from All Saints Cigars as well. Uh, this box is almost empty because if anybody follows me on uh, Instagram, you'll know that that's one of my favorite breakfast cigars. That is a yeah, I've, you, you've been you've been uh, doing uh, it for breakfast, yeah, yeah. It is a a good good cigar, a, a good breakfast cigar, good lunch cigar. Um, um, not not quite bold enough for like a big heavy meal. Um, mm -hmm. so so I'll, I'll move on to like a Dunbarton, maybe a little spicier. And yeah. then, then maybe sometimes I'll have one of these as my as my dessert for after that. Mm -hmm. um, but it but it's it's a cigar that can be a, a smoked um, any any time. Yeah, so. I've had I've had uh, to date four. This is this here is is, is number five, and I, I'd say I, I'd have to agree with you. You know, it's a good mid morning, uh, mid afternoon snack. Yeah, 
and I, and I love it when I can find a good breakfast cigar as well that still hits you with some boldness, with some spiciness, but that's mm -hmm. not over the top. So and that, it does have a it does have a nice change after the first third. Yeah, and it uh, and and it smokes flawlessly. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I, in the last few weeks, at least, or the last month, I can tell you that you know everybody knows I, I smoke. You know, I smoke a lot of new stuff, but I smoke a lot of my regulars. Mm -hmm. I haven't found a cigar this you know in the last month that has smoked as consistently as this. You know, so it's um, uh, a spot spot on spot on good cigar. Yeah. So um. Um, well, speaking of uh, uh, our guest, um, um, let's uh, we'll bring him in here in a minute. But uh, first, a uh, a word from our sponsor, Corona Cigar. So waiting patiently in the Southeastern Guide Dogs Green Room is Mickey Pegg. Mickey is a certified Salesforce tobacconist, a certified cigar sommelier tobacconist. He went to Valley Forge Military Academy and has a Master's of Science from the University of Pennsylvania. He played a little Division Three college football. He is a basketball and lacrosse coach. And if you have any questions about wanting to diversify your investment portfolio, feel free to ask because he's probably handled more money than most of us will have handled in a lifetime. And that man is Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars. Mickey, welcome to the show. What's up? It's did, the Breakfast Club. It is the Breakfast Club. Did I did I get anything wrong in your bio? I've gotten some stuff. No, wrong no. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think the only the, the the funny thing is what we talked about too is I'm actually I was born and raised in Daytona Beach, Florida. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, my first straight job was at Publix. Okay. Oh, that's that's, uh, that, that's right. You did you did mention that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If I get old and retired out of Florida, I'll probably sunset being a bag boy as well too. So. Oh, that's where uh, I'm gonna go. Circle one, of one life. Day. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's it. C circle of life. That that's where you know I'm a mechanic. So what we start off we start off changing oil and being monkeys. Right. Then we move up to being mechanics. Then we move into the sales position, potentially yeah, management. Manager. Right. And then we then we deliver parts, and then we end up at the dealership as that old guy driving people back from their house. Right, yeah, right. dude. Hey, <laughs> maybe in Florida, but around the parts I've seen, the the people delivering parts are generally really hot girls in their early twenties. I I know that's the way it used to be around here, and, and like in the bigger cities, right. the, the cute the cute girls deliver parts. And which is not dumb because the mechanics, you know, because like the sales, uh, the sales. Like, asked, oh yeah, we're calling hey, Napa. Yeah, they got yeah, yeah, where do you want that fuel pump from? Call Napa. Yeah, yeah. yeah and tell them you want Jen to send down the parts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so that, that that's the way it is. So you grew uh, um, uh, in Florida. So so you are where are you at right now? I uh, I actually live in Havertown, which is just west of Philadelphia. Um, same at it's actually a county called. Delaware County, but they say Delco. They talk about okay. the jowls of their mouth here. Yeah. yeah Delco. Uh, Delco. We got a couple of Delconians in here right now. But uh, yeah, so, and then uh, 
but uh, originally, yeah, from Florida. And then uh, I spent a lot of time in D.C. and then before Philly. And then obviously traveled all around with so, my various so, jobs. So how, how do you live in Havertown and you just met for the first time Craig Vanderslice recently? How, how is that? How, how are you? How did you and Craig never hooked up before? COVID Craig? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, you know what it was is it, literally it was the fact that we were trying to get together. We were bouncing back and forth, and then COVID happened. It was like when we were getting ready to do our press release, we were excited, you know, our favorite Saint, Saint, Saint Patty's Day. You know, March 17th, what a great way to get our launch our, re, our re, press release, and then COVID happened. So, uh, and Craig knew about what I was doing when nobody knew. My, my own parents didn't know what I was doing. And, and Craig was like, Mickey, I heard you're back in the cigar business. So that guy's got his ear to the ground, that's for sure. That, that, that's for sure. And then one th- I you know, I, I, I never like to correct anybody, but the one right. thing, Patty, P-A-T-T-Y is a girl. No, P-A-D-D-Y. Oh, okay, I thought you said Patty. And I'm Patty. like, yeah, well, okay, it's Pat. It's still yeah. Oh, okay. Is that what it- it's always so- a D. So, yeah, so we, we, yeah, we always a Y. I okay. eat feminine. Uh, yeah. Gaelic. So our, our our patron saint of the house is actually Saint Kevin. Saint know, Kevin. So, yeah, Saint yeah. Saint Kevin. You know, so uh, um, he, he wasn't as famous. He wasn't as famous as Saint Patrick, but uh, he, you know, there's a Saint Kevin's parish right down the road, in literally. Oh, is there? Oh, in Delaware County, every other corner there is a Catholic church, and right next to it's a fire station. Yeah. Right <laughs> every fire station is a Catholic church, so. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's a, they call it something like the thirty seventh county of Ireland or something like that. You know? Oh wow, I did, yeah. I did not know that. So, uh, so you guys uh, get on a road trip. I love to host you guys up here. So yeah, the um, uh, I, I met, you know, and it's funny. It's one, um, one of those things. I, I've known Craig for I, I don't know fifteen years or more. Right. And we had probably known each other for ten before we met. You know, we we did right. a road trip to uh, my uh, wife's from Jersey, so uh, we we drove over to. Uh, um, I forget this little antiquing town in Pennsylvania. You know, oh, it's like an yeah, probably Yardley. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yes, maybe I I can't remember. So that we we met, and it was the first time that you know. Where, we, where's your wife from in Jersey? Uh, Edison. Okay, yeah, that's a little so, that's a little northeast of here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was fun. Craig Craig's a, a good dude. Yeah, definitely a good dude. You know, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I say I, I wouldn't be here in this studio right now if it wasn't for Craig opening up those those, those doors for me. And um, I always say just one day, one day, I just I want him to be able to use my name to uh, to, to get something, you know, because because for years, you know, I'd be like, yeah, hey, my buddy uh, Craig Vanderslice says hi. And they, oh, you know, Craig, come on in. What can I do for you? And then for years and years, it was that way. So I said, I said just once. Once I, you're going to meet somebody and be like, "Hey, I know Kevin," and like, "Oh my God, you know Kevin from Cigar Pro? So uh, that that that's my goal. You know, he, he's such a good dude. Well, a lot of people seem to know you, Kev. So you and Diggins. Yeah, it's because we both just sit at home all day making damn videos and TikTok videos. And uh, well, I do the TikTok. He does he the does. Instagram. Yeah, right. So that, uh, that that Diggins, by the way, that TikTok video I made, 1.3 million views is what it's up to. Holy shit! On, on on how to on how to cut a cigar, how to crown cut a cigar. One point three. It just who'd have thought? Who'd have thought a well, dumbass? You said crown cut because when, once you say how to cut a cigar, people stop listening anyways. But a crown cut, it's important because I just well, watched a buddy over the weekend butcher one of my cigars. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna make you start paying full price. This is, <laughs> you know, I watched another jackass cut one in half. 
<laughs> yeah, what a cut of cigar yeah, yeah. in half? What? Because he was getting two cigars out of it. I'm like, I'll give you two Berkeys. I'll give you two Robustos. Like, don't do that. But you know, but you know, once it's their cigar, it's their cigar. But I, I yeah, yeah. But yeah. do you feel though as if? And we we've got this little thing that Kevin started uh, a couple years back. Um, where there was a cigar that he didn't enjoy smoking traditionally, and so he lit it backwards to see how it changed. Is is, is that something yeah. that in your cigar by him cutting it in half completely changes that that profile? Oh, I'm sure it does. I mean, I haven't experimented with that. Um, I'm you know going on more the traditional route, and I know you do the crown cut too as well. Yeah, I do the crown, which is a double V. Yeah, you know because I, I you know I I get in a hurry. So, you know, when I do a, a guillotine, you know, you kind of got to look. I just like snapping it, and then right. it unravels. So I, I just do a crown cut. And then there's a double crown where you cut it a third time. I think I'm going to, like, name that one something else. No, that doesn't have a name yet. So I'm the thinking, like, crown. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm thinking either triple crown or the mandalay, you know, like the flower or the lotus. The lotus cut would be kind of cool. Uh, but, lotus, but lotus makes cigar or cutters, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, probably, we'll probably go triple crown. You're probably right on that yeah, one. Yeah, trademark is a nightmare, trust me. Yeah, so um, yeah, so um, I had I had an issue with uh, and it was the Camacho Criollo, a cigar that there's probably not a cigar on the market that I've smoked more of than that cigar. And um, I got a box of it, and man, they just they didn't hit me. I don't know if it my palate changed, something in the cigar changed, and uh, I didn't like it anymore. It just wasn't a good cigar. And one day I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, to hell with it. I'm gonna smoke it backwards. And um, and that was that was a year and a half ago, and to this day, I've never smoked a Camacho the correct way since. That cigar night and day difference is better backwards, and um, it 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 blew me away. So yeah, it's your, cigar. Your, your buddy that your buddy that takes the cigar though and cuts it in half. Does he say, hey, that front half is a little spicier or a little creamier? Does he have any any? comment at all about it or no, he would say it's a fucking cheap. cigar huh? he was just being cheap. it was just being cheap <laughs> he just being cheap all right yeah, yeah okay. because i i did hear through the grapevine that there was one really really big manufacturer that saw that video and he hates me because he says what i did was blasphemy and i was spitting in the face of the cigar manufacturer by smoking that cigar backwards and he will never talk to me so um uh, and he and he still hasn't. He's never reached out to me. He's never. He doesn't comment on my stuff. He hates me for that video, because because I made that, you know, and it was it 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 is what it is. <laughs> who was it? You guys sent me a text. Uh, oh oh yeah, was, de de def definitely uh, not. Uh, maybe privately, I'll. I'll uh, it was I'll Mickey Bag. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Where is okay? Well, I'm gonna start off because uh, um, I've seen you lately on the social medias making your rounds. Right. What happened to your your trademark bow tie? Where where is the bow tie been? Did you give that up for good? Yeah, that uh, I don't know if I gave it up for good. It's uh, it's I still got hundreds of them. It, it's just I don't know. It's been a little bit easier. What I always liked about the bow ties too is at the end of the night because you know you work long days in the industry. Uh, you take it off and put it in your and it became a pocket square. You, yeah. Boom. And you could clean your glasses with it and stuff like that. I, you know, I just you know, I actually wore it when I sold mutual funds, and it drove my it drove my it drove my national sales manager crazy because you might not want to wear that bow tie when you go on sales calls, and uh, and every time he travel with me and I do a presentation, they're like, you know, 
something about that bow tie. You just look smarter. You know? <laughs> well, it, it, it does. And you can do, I think you can be a little bit more flamboyant with a bow tie than you can a regular tie. Yeah. I don't know if I'm as flamboyant as I used to be. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I think also on that, like national sales calls or whatever, it makes it d- d- not necessarily flamboyant, but it, it's right. that little trademark. It's mini pearls tag, you know, right. it, it sets you apart. Yeah, it did. And a lot of people remember you. They, they, they said your name, too, because, it, you know, it was Mickey and then basically one syllable last name and then Bowtie. And yeah. it was hilarious because, uh, you know, just, you know, with the Bowtie and and a lot of people busted my chops when I came in for the sales calls for the first time because I'm going around seeing a lot of my old friends. And they're like, well, we had a bet if you were walking through the door with a Bowtie or not. So I was down with Craig Cass down in Charlotte and I and, uh, uh, I didn't have my bow tie. I was like, boy, where, where's your bow tie? <laughs> you know, that, like I said, that, that becomes, you know, that, that becomes your, your thing, your moniker, you know, it's right. like, but like you said, people remember you. And then it's always that, you know, e- even if, even if like I said, they don't, you know, they don't remember your name. They're like, right. that, the guy with the boat, you know, same with me, like the guy with the beard always wears that stupid flat hat and his sunglasses. And everybody's right. like, that's Kevin from Cigar Prop. Yeah, that that's his name. So you got. Well, Glenn Lope started. You know, he was a bow tie wearer too, and I just he was, him. yeah. Well, he still is, but and I just saw him a couple weeks ago, and he goes, you know, uh, you don't have your bow tie on. I go, well, you have yours on, and you know, you stayed in. I've been out for about eight years, and you know, getting back in, and you know, just out of respect, Glenn, I didn't want to wear the bow tie. Yeah, Glenn's kind I'm, of a nerd. I don't, wore, I don't think I've been pictured with the bow tie since I've been back in the industry. Okay, he's kind of a nerd though, and the bow tie fits him. Right. You know, um, he, he's not a flamboyant. Like you could be flamboyant with a bow tie, Glenn. He's a great guy, super nice guy. He's kind of a he's a, he's a cigar nerd, a cigar geek like the rest of us. It was at six five, two hundred and ninety five pounds, bow tie, flamboyant. Yeah, place of glory. Oh my god! So let, let's start off. Um, I know the story. Some people in the in the, in the chat panel, some people um, uh, listening into the future, watching in the future, may not know how you got into the cigar industry. So we'll, we'll start, we'll start all the way to the back. How did you, how, how did you, yeah, yeah. How did you get into the, to the cigar business originally? Uh, originally, um, well, I, I got hired at Georgetown Tobacco in Washington, DC. Uh, David Berkebile, who just turned 81 and has been in the business for 56 years and been in the same location for 50 years. Uh, and that's why the Berkey, uh, our robusto is named after. Oh, him. that's who. Okay, so that's David Berkabal. That's where the that's where the Berkey comes from. I'm gonna cross uh, that cross that question off my list now. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Sometimes I start going and I uh, <laughs> no, but from the beginning was it was my junior year uh, of college and I needed to get internship. I needed to fatten up my resume, and so back then interns didn't have to be paid. So now you know everything is legal and and everything's politically correct uh so if you were doing a good job as an unpaid intern the chief of staff would put you know put a fistful of cash and say hey listen take a cab down to georgetown tobacco pick up some cigars and then come back and bring the cigars back and you got to keep the change from the cigars in the cab and that was either anywhere in the vicinity of 10 to 20 bucks and in 1989 that was a, that's a that's a real I think equivalent it's a, to a hundred hundred fifty yeah. a day. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was a real number, and um, and if, if somebody didn't show up for that cigar, you got to sit in and listen to him 
that senator talked to uh, the president of the United States, the secretary of state, and I'm sitting there going, this is pretty effing cool. You know, I like it. And, and I was really enjoying the cigars because they would talk about the cigars and they would talk about their bourbon or their scotches. So you're, you're just kind of getting this insight because, you know, obviously we didn't have the platforms of learning like we do now. You really had to put yourself in an environment with people that, that had the same likes. And, and yeah. she's an easy city for that, obviously, because it's such an international city. Um, so that's, that's where we're, you know, we're that, that kind of that learning and that, that impetus. And then from going down there so many times, uh, I was finally offered a job from Georgetown Tobacco. All right. Who who was the president at that time? At that time was I God, I think it was Reagan. Reagan. God, and they just let some intern. No, Reagan was was it Reagan or was it was it Bush? 89. What year was it again? Eighty nine. Eighty nine would have been Bush. Yeah. So so they just let I some in, intern it, listen in on a conversation with the president. And- yeah, you know what? It was Bush because uh, Lloyd was the Secretary of State at that time, and he'd always had he'd always call the senator be like. Hey, you got to help me get the horses out the ditch. You'd always had some kind of all these Texas, uh, okay. Texasism. You're like, hey, we're getting these horses out the ditch, and your boat's going to get us across the line. We're getting them horses out the ditch. You know, it was uh, it was awesome. And matter of fact, you know, you know what nobody's asked me is what was that cigar that I fetched? What was what? It was one of the first premium cigars oh. on the market. Uh, Davidoff was just starting to come to market. It was called a Juan Clemente. Juan, yeah, it was a Juan Clemente had a foot band that's it with a foil over the foot. And the guy that started was actually French, and his name was Jean Clement. But he he twisted his name to Juan Clemente, and it was a Dominican cigar. And Georgetown Tobacco was one of the top sellers of that brand, and it was one of the top premium cigars at that time. As a matter of fact, that's what became my intrigue when I started asking people. What's in the cigar? What makes it? What makes it that cigar? And the only two reps that came around that would answer those questions were the Ashton rep and the Davidoff rep. So what and do you they do? said Dominican, or did they get more specific and say, "Well, we've got a little bit of Seiko Viso"? No, it, it, it was just getting your basic anatomy at that yeah. time was amazing. Like I didn't learn like you know a lot of the Dominican tobaccos until I worked at. Um, Davidoff, like San Vicente, and you know all these different regions it was never talked about. But people wouldn't even tell you the country of the filler binder wrapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either when you called them, they didn't know, or they were worried about somebody figuring out the recipe. When they said that, I I, I cried bullshit. I'm like, it, it it's simply because you don't know. You bought bulk tobacco, and you're not real sure where it came from. Correct, but the Ashton guys. Uh, and and the and the Davidoff guys did, and it's funny because Ashton had just moved all their production from Hanky Kellner over to Fuente at that time, and those guys on the streets like Manny Ferraro, God bless his soul, like what you hear his great mentors to a lot of people in the industry. Um, he was like, "We got to tell him what's in the cigar," and guess what happens as a sales associate in retail? You, you if you know what's in the cigar, you have you have talking points. It gets what you're going to sell. Sure, yeah. So as I sold, or I sold everything, but I mostly just sold. If you came in and spent time with me and let me know what was in that cigar. You have what, ammunition to go to the streets yeah. with. Correct. And that's and then you get passionate, you get jacked about it. And, and, then, yeah, and then you believe in what you're selling. And if you believe in what you're selling, right. it's already sold. 
Yeah, it's like oh. the guys here at Wooden Indian, just sitting here and hanging out with John and, you know, these guys earlier and the way they talk about stuff and coming together. We were sipping on some Uncle Nearest and one of my cigars right now, smoking the Coach, uh, which is our Churchill, 7 by 48 We talk about how it comes together and how we, you know, what's our mood for, like, for a rum or a bourbon? Is there sweet tooth driving me crazy? What's going on, you know, with, with those pieces? And when you get to know what's inside some of that stuff, uh, I think it makes it more fun and interesting. Now, I think in anything that's done in the United States, whether you're a foodie, whether you're a bourbon, whether you're a rum, whatever you are, even like um, like a lot of my buddies don't drink, right? I have a lot that don't drink, and they're talking about what they're what they're what, what they're matching up with their cigars. So it's like you know when they sit there with like uh, like Topo Chico. I love yeah. Topo Chico. Yeah. It has a really great flavor profile. I like that spiciness that comes out of that club soda. It's it, it's it's phenomenal. And uh, it, it's an immediate refresher too. I mean, it, oh, just, man, it cleans your palate like what I, you know, it, I love. I, 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 I was I was down at Miami uh, out of a, a festival, a burger festival, with uh, my wife and then my daughter and uh, her boyfriend, and all they had to drink, and I had never had a Topo Chico before, right. and then uh, so I cracked it and started guzzling it, and I'm like, ah, what, where's the where's the flavor? I, I don't, you know, you know, it, it was bubbly uh, it was, water. It, it, it was just I, I don't I because of, because of the, the the coloring I thought it was like a lemon lime. Zesty. Well, they do have a grapefruit one that's really that, that's kind yeah. of hard to that I like a lot. Oh, okay. Hey, Mickey, uh, going back, I, you caught my my ear when you said the the Churchill. Okay, mm-hmm. I have just recently I, I say in the past two months noticed myself gravitating. Less from the 60 ring gauge, uh, yeah. you know, larger, shorter cigars and into the Churchill size. I think, I mean, I think my humidor most recent purchase was, was mostly Churchill. Do you find that when you're blending a Churchill, it's a little bit more difficult to keep that consistency all the way through to where it doesn't get bitter down towards that, that end? No, you know, matter of fact, a couple of people have said my cigar doesn't really change or they've, they've alluded to it or uh, they just flat out said it. Like I got paid by these guys down in Florida too. They said there was nothing to it. San Andres, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the Churchill, I think you get a lot more out of it. Yeah. Because you get a lot more chance for change. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Berkey, our, our Robusto and our Toro has been getting a lot of, positive press, I guess you would say. Um, and I, which was surprising to me, uh, you know, we, we made a Robusto because that would sell. Churchill yeah. has been my number one selling size through COVID. And, and I'm asking the retailers and we're all pretty much in agreement that Churchill's have done well during COVID. John, when you say that, like Churchill's. I think so. Yeah. yeah so, is that not, that's probably time investment, though, right? Right, because people have time. You know, they're yeah. sitting, you know, during COVID. Now, my six by sixty is around in that cigar. What we call the huge. Yeah, because um, I called everybody huge. Whatever. That's the same amount of time to smoke. That's a harder cigar to blend for me. I, I would imagine the the big ones are tough to you know because you're because you're you're what size are are you starting out with when you're blending a cigar. You're going through the process. Are you starting with a Churchill? I mean, I, I hear a lot of people start with a Toro. 
and then they go up or down from there. What are you starting? Well, see, I thought they started with the Lancero to get the wrapper down and then move from there. Well, we're usually doing a Pura. So what I like to do, especially like the first thing I'll go down, uh, if I get down in February, which I'd like to, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have them roll everything in little roll bunches of each flare and go through and take them on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about having some of those sent up for me now just so I can keep up with my palate practice, the muscle memory, yeah, uh, and then go through there. Now, we do, do I work around a Toro, and then you start working out from there. Uh, okay. Least- so Toro is like the basic format for start off, and then you move right. from there. You get two and- soft dimensions out of that, I think. Yeah, and then you go out to the Churchill and the other pieces. You know, and I think that another thing that I find uh, favorable for the, the Churchill is because it is thinner, so you do get more of that wrapper flavor as opposed to that Gordo six by sixty. Correct. You know, where it's just a big fat honker, and there's not much flavor coming out of that wrapper leaf. Well, I tell people uh, they have time, like because they come and we do an event, and it's like you know, it's buy a box, get whatever free, whatever we're working with that retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I only have one line out, and there's a Solamente, but that's a whole other separate story. Uh, we only did 500 boxes of that. I said, well, get a couple different sizes, especially if you're just learning to find out what size you like. But if you smoke that 6 by 60 and you smoke one of the other three box presses that are in there, back to back, you'll a noticeable difference. Yeah. Now, this box you'll press. Notice, and uh, we try to keep it as close to the blend. Other people, like, say that they do a great job of it and do it, I say BS because it, it's just it's just tough. It's a different it's a different smoking. I personally am not a fan of those larger ring gauges. Mm-mm. But I tell people if you see me smoking a six by sixty, I'm doing a quality control smoke. Yeah, I, I, I get a minute, but it sells. I mean in these loudly I, I know they sell, they sell they sell. I'm I get I get so I get so bored, you know, by the time I'm done with a six by 60, it's like, I could have had two, two other cigars. Right. You know, and the six, like that, yeah. Yeah. And the six by six, the board factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not, it's not a comfortable hand feel. It's not a comfortable mouth feel. It's not just comfortable working around cigar. You know, it's just not a relaxing cigar to sit back and enjoy. I had one of my, somebody I kind of knew sent me a picture of them smoking a six by 60 one of mine to put up on our social media uh, and the angle and everything I looked at, I go, I, I'm not putting that on our social media. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know what you're doing. Yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 yeah, I'll leave it there. It, it, it looks ridiculous. No. Yeah, ridiculous is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's it. So, so, so you, you brought up Davidoff before um, with, with that, you know, the sir. So you did a stint at Davidoff. How did you get into Davidoff? What was the um, um, of, of getting in? So you're working retail yeah. at, at Georgetown Tobacco. How did you move into Davidoff and in the, in the cigar industry? Yeah, so I was working part-time at Georgetown Tobacco, which was a great job, and I was working full-time on the, on the hill. When I say on the hill because, you know, you have a job for nine months and you look for one for three, and that's kind of the deal. It's like kind of the ecosystem up there. And um, – we start doing events and manufacturers couldn't come in. Matter of fact, I did one for Jorge, you know, with Padron. And I said, so let me ask, so you want me to do this, go to this event, the Cosmopolitan Club, talk about your cigars, eat eight quarters, drink all these gorgeous wine and get to push my resume 
and I'm walking with a box of cigars and a hundred bucks. Hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. This is the cigar business. You kidding me? <laughs> um, and then just, just sold the hell out of Davidoff and basically Al Ramp, who was the national sales manager at the time. And I used to laugh, you know, he carried, he carried around this legal pad and I called it the Al Ramp uh, laptop uh, at the time. And, um, they were going through, they were going through growth and they wanted to go from a broker to a direct sales force. And they were going through, um, territory compression. So that's what, you know, making smaller territories and that's yeah. where I had the opportunity. And that's how I met Jeff Borshowitz from Corona. Cause at one point we were out of sales guys and I was on I 95 was my territory. So <laughs> if, uh, you weren't on 95 or close to it or big enough to close, then you didn't see me. And I came down and I saw Jeff uh, and I did one of my first Davidoff deals was with Jeff. It was those old guillotine cutters that went for 50 bucks back then. Oh, geez. Three bucks at at, at the register. Yeah. That was was the cutting edge, no pun intended, technology at the time (laughs) for the guillotine cutter. Uh, And and he was in this little piss-ant strip mall somewhere (laughs) getting ready to go to the next place. And it was just awesome cutting that deal with him. And that was one of his, I think, first Davidoff deals, and that's how we get to know each other. Then later on, when I was with CAO, I took him for his first barrel tasting uh, at Jack Daniels, and then now he buys all those barrels. Now he's yeah, you, now he's hooked you, on you, the whole. You, actually, you actually took Jeff Borshowitz you to created his very a first yeah, barrel tasting. Yeah, we, oh had, my, we had a blast. You created a, a limo. We had the whole nine yards. Oh my god! Yeah, like I said, uh, Tony <laughs> Borschwitz probably hates. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, but, it was you know, hard to get him out back then too. I mean, we're going back what fifteen years ago, I guess, yeah. or, or uh, maybe just over 10, 11, or whatever. He would know. He remembers that first. He gave me a bottle of that first release. Uh, I drank it uh, yeah. <laughs> in one night. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Enjoy every yeah. drop. Yeah, so I saw him at TPE. It was kind of funny. We were catching up for a little bit. So hopefully I'm going to see him soon. But, so, Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. great, great. Isn't it funny, though, like you got the bottle, and today it would be a, a great memento, you know? Oh, um, I probably you can still say, I had that bottle. Yeah. And, yeah, but I had that bottle, and I enjoyed every drop. It's just as good as saying I've got a full bottle over there that, you know. Right. And I've, I've made that mistake. I've had cigars sent to me by – you know, manufacturers that I thought to myself, you know what? I'm keeping this in my humidor for years just because it was sent to me by so-and-so. I'll give you some mementos that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, we, you know, I wound up smoking it though, because that's just so much better just to smoke right. it and say, yeah, this came from, you know, Which, uh, no, so that's what, you know, Davidoff. And I, I, I absolutely unequivocally thoroughly loved my time at Davidoff. And, you know, Kev, if you open up that cigar box and look at the inside of that of that artwork, I, I'm the first one to admit that you see like oh, yeah. simple whatever simple the, white yeah Davidoff oh similar to the band yeah, yeah. So I wanted to keep it clean and wanted to keep it crisp. Um, I was staying simple, and my wife's like, "Quit calling your product simple." And my partner Frank Leo who's been tremendous too with helping with the design and, and some work on the blends. He's, he's learning now about the blending process a little bit more. Um, that influence. I'll tell you what happened was my oldest daughter, Tierney, who just turned 18 was born. And Wait, I'm sorry. Born, can you repeat her name? Tierney. 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 Like tear the knee. Yeah. It's my oh, wife. Okay. It's my wife's maiden name. Yeah. That's nice. So, uh, we went over to 
Basel, Switzerland. Um, it was right after she was born. And they took us down into their private vault kind of area where they kept all their old, and they had a lot of their old Cuban stock. And they got out a Dom Perignon Davidoff. And I just love the shield. I've always loved shields. And so that's kind of where the shield comes from. And we want something that's going to be timeless and, and, and a staple uh, in everybody's stable. You know what I mean? We want to be, we want to be a horse in that stable. So, you know, and, 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 and I'm sorry, Kevin. No, go ahead. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, what's the slogan? The oh, I'm sorry, Dignavius Odit Dominus. It means yeah. the Lord hates a coward, and that was pure marketing. We wanted somebody, and that came up with uh, another buddy, Martin Corboy. I uh, goes, look at this, and you know, I kept saying the Lord hates a coward, and I kept talk, referring to people as saints in my life. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Mickey, look at this. He calls me Chet, so you'll hear Chet a lot. That's my nickname from Weird Science. And, and <laughs> yeah, again, oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you're stewed, but what? Um, yeah. So he goes, look at this in Latin, and it actually means "Lord hates a coward." If it was "The Lord hates a coward," it would add a couple more Latin words. It was already yeah. four was enough. Um, so that's what we did. And now, if you Google that, you'll see all saints starting to pop up. That, that's that's so, good. Right? That, that's good. Yeah. Be something to do to like go look for us, you know. I remember one of the critiques you were talking about us on the website, Kev. It, it was like it was just we we're just trying to create something, yeah. that, the name, and it's like, like we did these T-shirts that says "All Saints Cigars" on it, and it's a billboard. And I'm not a bombastic guy. I think you know when I'm, I'm hanging out and whatever, I get a little bombastic. But I like smaller, crisper logos. You know, mm-hmm. I like the way your hats look that you guys are wearing. I like that's about as big as I like the logos. Yeah. To um, but I just wanted people to start saying the name. You know, I wanted that to start to roll off the tongue before they start understanding the line. So mm-hmm. I, I like big, bolt, you know, uh, 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 Drew Estate, Swisher, some of the reps have right. the hats, and they're five-inch letters, and they start from one side of the hat, and they go all the way over, and they say Swisher across the whole hat. Right. Just big and bold. I love that. I love you big. Do? I, I love that big. was big in the 80s, I remember, too. You know, big, bold, uh, um, uh Shirts with these huge graphics. I, I love that, but yeah. uh, but I but I, I love your, got, your Kevin bot. has a unique style though too because <laughs> well, you know when when they had the uh, you know Drew Estate went preemptively with the uh, stickers uh, or right. the warning the warning labels and so some of their hats came out and they had that sticker on the side you know the parental or whatever it is the advisory tobacco causes right. and Kevin actually stapled that too so it would stay oh, yeah. on so that I, hat. I, I'd leave it you know but yeah. it's all about branding but but I, lo- I love your box I, I love the shield because it's very um, um, Knights Templar feeling and, that, and that's right. really and, that, and that's always real popular mm-hmm. and just big letters saying what the hell it is so if I see this box I know what it is you know just you know, we, we get so many of these manufacturers, you got a box like this open up on a shelf, tiny little bands, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, right. I don't have to, I don't have time to ju- just, I, I just keep walking. You know, that may well, be a fantastic cigar, but this one at least grabs your attention, kind of tells you a little bit of story, and that's what I want. I want to look at something and be like, you know, hey, you know, Dedication, All, all Saints Cigars, there's got to be a little bit of a story behind that. What is that? And then I'll, I'll be in a lounge and I'll Google the story and i'm like oh hey that, that's a that's a good story so you know what you're right we're gonna get that we're gonna get that up on the website but it's also like the story of the cross we wanted to do a cross and i'm sitting there going 
uh, my God, guys, listen, All Saints Cigars. Now we got a cross on there. I went to Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. You know, I played football on a cross there, and it was just like, and I love the fact that I went there. And I'm like, I don't want this to be some kind of religious thing because I got to be honest with you, I can't stand a lot of people that the Lord gave me this. Lord, like, that's great. I believe in that one 1,000%. But like the humbleness in that and my belief in that and like all this money's going to this charity, it's going to that charity, prove it. Show me the papers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm not discounting and I'm glad that that's happening. But but do it. You know, that that's why I like that cigar cigars for that cigars for warriors. I'm talking like an old man, cigars for warriors. <laughs> you know, I, I believe that they're legitimately getting <laughs> up there and, and, and stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah. I was I was a little nervous about that and then, you know, even my own team was like, yeah, you're getting my own team. We're all the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. I can put my <laughs> tie on. Uh, no, but so the cross, we're looking at it, and um, actually it was Martin, the same guy that came up with All Saints, and said, look at this, Chet, look at this cross. And I'm like, oh, God, now we've got to put a cross on here. And I go, I think I recognize that cross. It's the St. James cross. There's oh, the- is it? Yeah, it's the patron saint of pilgrimage in Nicaragua. We're like, boom. That's really? Cool. I didn't know Nicaragua had a patron Being in for 21 years, out for eight, coming back in, working behind the scenes for a couple of years before we got started. Uh, and then, obviously, Nicaragua, which quickly became my favorite country after all the stuff I learned in my CAO days, you know. Yeah. So. Well, since, we're, since we already got on to the topic of the cigar – um let's let's talk about it um I, i'm sitting here holding this one it, it, it's a really firm box press um let's talk it, about it is the, I'll, I'll give it that it is it is probably one of the tightest box presses i i've had in a while it is not a soft box press i mean you guys you guys press the shit out of that and yeah. uh it is uh it is good i, I like a good square i mean well i mean me i like square they're, 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 pressed, they're, they're pressed in a press so they're not yep. in a box. <laughs> okay. So so I mean, look um, at that. Look at that burn on that. Press, I guess. Yeah. 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 Thanks. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jeff does like a, a soft box press. He does like a trunk press. Yeah, the trunk you know, press. Is, you know, yeah. is is what is what he calls it. But um, before we go on to the cigar, okay. You 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 mentioned that let's let's CAO let let's so so you you went into <laughs> CAO so so we'll, we'll, we're going through the story and then CAO how did you get into CAO. Yeah, so um, basically, I, I after, and I love my days at Davidoff. It's just you know, uh, the, the, I could see the ceiling. When my boss was like eight years older than me, and his boss was another eight years older than him, um, you know, I, I just I didn't see the growth. So when I had an opportunity, I went to this other company, Philippe Gorio, for about a year, and it was just time that. You know, Philip wanted to spend, or Philip wanted to spend more time down the factories, uh, and it was just and the, the growth model that I wanted to do just didn't drive up, and we left as friends and moved on. And that's when I had a chance to talk with Tim Osgner, and you know, became friends with a lot of guys in the industry just from traveling around and doing events. And we were up in Halifax with um, doing something with Paul Stulak up there, up in um, uh, you know Canada. And had a chance with Tim, and Tim's like, "Hey, listen, why don't we're, we're we're making some changes? We're going to a direct sales force. You know, that's like he did that at Davidoff. Uh, like to bring you in, 
manage the territory for a couple months and then <laughs> talk about you going to national sales manager. So that's what happened. So Tim brought me in and then um, uh, about a year later, I was I had the family, moved the family to Nashville where our global headquarters and U.S. distribution was. Uh, matter of fact, we didn't know we were coming home. My youngest daughter was actually born in Nashville, Molly. Oh, wow. Yeah, when we moved there, my middle daughter, Kylie, she was just born, and we, uh, I got out there a little bit ahead of time just to get, try to get the house set up and then, uh, you know, came to Nashville. Um, now, now then, were, were, were you there at the same time? Or are you, well, yeah, obviously at that time you would have had. Did you know uh, uh, John and Mike? Yes, um, very well. Oh, okay, I, I wasn't sure where, where, what part of the company they worked in, you worked in. Yeah, so what happened was we got bought. So, well, let's talk about this before. So John Huber is obviously one one of the greats out there. He's got an incredible palate. And yeah. working, you know, and that's who, and Mike Condor, and uh, obviously Tim Osgener at the top with some mm-hmm. of those blending styles. And if you see a lot of what, what, what Huber – uh, and Connor are doing over there. That's a lot of stuff they wanted to do. It just didn't didn't have the freedom at that time, which was understandable. You know, it wasn't their company. Um, so working on so my office was right between my Condors and John Huber's. Oh, okay. And um, it was funny because you know there was John Huber who was really hip and cool, and then there's me with the bow tie at the door. <laughs> Condor, who's the, the consummate like. Thinker, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, and then working in, in conjunction with, with uh, Mike Trebbing, who actually would fabricate all these thoughts and put these these pieces together. And then you had Adam Shepard over there, who I believe is their CFO now, too. Uh, just another great guy from Karen. It was a magical team. It really was. We had a blast. Uh, came in and uh, skating. Everybody says general bought CAO. No, what happened was, Scandinavian Tobacco, STG, bought CAO. And then a year later, decided to roll it into General, which we thought was coming. And they were going to try to start their own distribution for the, for the mass market goods. So uh, with after the first year, I got promoted from national sales manager to vice president of sales. Uh, and then um, I was the first to go with the one year everybody from leadership was gone. So, wow. I was, and, and I panicked, and I came back to uh, the Philadelphia area, moved in, back into Havertown, the town that me and my family were living in, and I was able, through a friend, to get a job with Lincoln Financial and uh, ultimately wholesaling mutual funds inside retirement plans. So I got licensed, finished up my master's at, at University of Pennsylvania, a lot of things, and, and went down a career path that I – was was pretty dedicated to and i just uh, you know working 14 hour days i'm not going to go through this much stress without smoking a cigar so that's when i made the decision to go go in full time but yeah you had questions about cao i'm sorry ask them no that's okay and then uh and then and then then you're and then you fold right back in to the uh um the the cigar you'd mentioned uh, your partners um i i don't see them online i just see you are they a lot of them behind the scenes, you know, okay. we'll see more Frank uh, in the future. Uh, the other one, Martin Corboy, he's definitely uh, behind the scenes. He's got other, they both have other things they do. Uh, Martin helps out a lot with the marketing kind of strategies. He's good at building restaurants and he's got his hands in some apparel companies. And then um, 
uh, Frank Leo, uh, who I'm talking to probably on a daily basis, one way or another, who's uh, acting CFO. He's helping with the blends. He's helping. Yeah, he's good at speed. He's just a voracious uh, cigar smoker consumer. And he's a geek like me. So he smokes other people's brands. He visits. He's not, you know, and that's that's one of the things I love about him. I go, hey, we're going to be proud of our brand. We're going to smoke our, but we're going to smoke other people's stuff. A from why pigeonhole yourself? There's a plenty of great stuff to smoke out there, and also you get ideas. Quite frankly, yeah. yeah. So, well, so, that so, goes so, to, so, yeah. No, you say yeah. So, how how does that lead into All Saints? You you guys get together. You want to start a company. What is step one? How did you yeah, pick? So, and and some people may not know who makes your cigars. Yeah, so step one, what, what happened, uh, step one was people came to me with, with, with an obnoxious amount of money that <laughs> wanted me to go in and, and do something and get behind me. I was so devastated. I, I left the industry for a year. That first year I was gone, I didn't smoke a cigar for a year. It, it was, I was heartbroken. I never thought I'd ever get out of this wow. industry. You know, I, I, I rose up pretty quickly through the ranks through the help of a lot of friends and went on this hyper climb and then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, I'm knocked off a mountain and I'm back in Philadelphia um, selling mutual funds, which wasn't a bad thing. You know, I was able to provide for the family. But, um, yeah, so so where the cigars made, that obviously, for us, that was a no-brainer. <clears throat> Everything you learn in business school, throw it out the window. We're, we're not listening. You know, I don't <laughs> want uh, – I listen, I'm, I'm first to admit it. I'm, I'm – using the Robbie Levine uh, model, you know, from Ashton and Holtz. I want one partner. Wherever, whenever we do something, I want one partner. That's what I want. I don't want multiple partners. It gets confusing, you know. It clouds it up. And, and backstage, we were just talking about getting these and getting these rankings and getting these hats and getting these things done. Mm-hmm. You know, you're juggling multiple vendors. You're juggling multiple sponsors and all that stuff. Sometimes, you you know, that that's a full-time job in itself. So, Rocky and I, just being friends forever, gave us an opportunity. He looked and wanted to see what our money situation was and confidentially took a look at what our structure was. Uh, you know, we went down thinking we were interviewing him. He was interviewing us. It was yeah. him, yeah. Nemish, uh, Hamlet, Mr. B, Dave Bullock, all in the same room. We, had, we came down with like probably 50 questions to ask them. And they had sixty to ask us. We never got to our question. Really? But, yeah, because you, you uh, don't. You know, because it's it's there's a myth in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do special projects. And, yeah, and, and some of those special projects are done with Placencia and yeah. some of the other stuff. But the Tabacusa factory with uh, Amilcar or Mika, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, part of the the process that we use now is you know. I won't tell you all my blending process. Well, well yeah, yeah. The tail end of it is Hamlet, it takes time to smoke my cigars as well, you know, here in the States. You know, one of the things you got to bring it back to the States and smoke it because it always, they always taste better down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, one of the things that we talk about is I work with Amika, I work with Herbert, depending on what it is. You know, we have predicate issues that we have to deal with right now, especially as a new company. But there's still some liberties that are out there are quite a bit you know obviously we've asked you guys not only me like not to talk about what those predicate yeah. standards are but uh, obviously for certain reasons 
So I'll stop on that section. But it, it's yeah. like, and I, you know, hey, Mick, this is getting a little close. There's something that's already in that Rockies portfolio or a special project he might be doing for a retailer. So okay. that's what I like with Herbert because that's why this one took so long. And we were very fortunate to get this and a couple other blends done. So they're sitting there. They're aging right now. They're going to come out next year. But that's perfect, though, that you've got that you've got that communication and 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 set up to where they can say, hey, look, you don't really want to go this direction because there is something else very similar coming out. You know, oh, it's it's, it's as simple as I'll ask for where's this pile of tobacco I wanted to work with. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, and, 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 that, and that's amazing with as many blends, uh, as many skews as Rocky has, you know, which blows my mind that people's like, well, there's only so many ways you can blend a cigar. I mean, right. I think there's an, an infinite ways you could blend a cigar. Pete Johnson says it all the time. He's, he said it in the movie. He said it in a million different interviews. He said all three of us had the same ingredients. Read all three and make different cigars. Yeah, they're gonna come out, and they will. The way the – like. Some of the stuff that I asked them to be put together drove them crazy because it wasn't their traditional. Because in Nicaragua, they do the triple cap, double binder. They hate the fact that we call, we refer to binders, at least in that factory. Uh, we refer to binders as binders and not part of the recipe. It's almost, mm-hmm. oh. almost, it's almost offensive to them. Um, I'm being a little melodramatic there, but yeah. It's, um, I said, well, no, we're going to do two binders, but we're going to do two different binders. What? You know. Um, so. Yeah. Now, how, how's your hand at rolling? My hand at rolling? Yeah. Uh, not very good. <laughs> so, um, rolling cigar, like, shit, you watch Hamlet. He sits there and he, he rolls up something with that nice, you know, all our cigars are, are um, draw tested before the wrappers put on there. Oh, okay, but when you see somebody like Hammett with something up in the in the conference room or something, it's hilarious. And some of those master rollers, and they don't need to be draw tested. And it's got that perfect pull. You know, it's not too loose, it's not too tight. It's just it's magical to watch. I can't do that. No. Yeah, you know, I, I just that would just I mean to sit at a table. I can roll with, the Volcaros when I'm tasting. I can do those. You know, yeah, with with Hamlet just sitting there, just rolls you a cigar, and it's like. I'm just going to put this in my pocket and save it forever. Right. You know, just Hamlet just rolled it. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that just went, oh my God. Like, I can't smoke this Hamlet. <laughs> no, so, I mean, yeah. he's got some, like, I like a ballsy cigar. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He makes some, he, he, he comes up with some blends that can rival some of these other big guys, you know? Yeah. It's a, and and it, did I catch you? You said you have a, you, uh, you have a double binder, but they're two different binders. I'm working on something like that. Yeah. Oh, how how? But how, how, Nicaraguan, they all put two binders on. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't I mean I, I don't I don't there know if I have cigars out there though, Kevin, that have a, a two separate binders. You know, I, I don't I don't know if I you know it, I don't. Nicaraguan's traditional yeah. architecture is triple cap. Yeah. Two binders. Huh? I you know just I I guess maybe just because it's just something I never think of, or people don't advertise that it's that's a you know, double. Like, no, you never see binders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never you never see. Yeah, Connecticut broadleaf binder, right? Well, uh, also the architecture of it too. So you got to make sure, and the combustion. That's why usually ninety nine percent of the time, both binders are the same because you remember you have you have combustion issues that you need in there as well. Yeah, because so, so, the flavor profile 
hey, listen, we came out with a cigar that was revolutionary at, uh, at CAO. I did not work on that plan. It was great. Went to market, and we had no combustion on the second batch that came out because we rushed them to market. And it was a little bit embarrassing. We had a, yeah, we had a little bit of an issue there. Ooh, yeah, that would, uh, that, that, that would that definitely, yeah. you know, how, how many, how many got out? <laughs> uh, enough that we recalled them all, but we oh. fixed it and we didn't, the damage control was good. Like, listen, we didn't have social media either. There, there was threads. I don't know if you guys remember threads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, John Huber would come running in like, you wait till you read this thread. Yeah. So, um, so was that a situation where you had to destroy the cigars, or was it something that you put them in a dry room uh, for a long we, time? It would have been a drying situation, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, that's what I would expect. Ooh, I put them in a drying situation. A lot of cigars. So, there's, Man. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that, that people do in order to get it to the right, like shrinking and, and re rehumidifying. It's, it goes on constantly with the leaf. But also, they will do that sometimes after the cigars roll. All right. So, so there's yeah. a zillion different techniques. And then also, if you ever been in a conference room with uh, Rocky, Nish, and Nimish, it's like World War Three. One minute they're hugging and kissing, the next thing you know, Nish is climbing across the table <laughs> and power drive Rocky into the ground. You know, so it's uh, no being a little funny, but they're they're really hard on each other when they come up with their blends and they'll think it's the market they're really passionate about it so yeah so 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 when you approach rocky for like a cigar is it okay so you sit down your your first meeting i don't really talk, talk to rocky much about the cigar well, yeah that, that's what i said you know i said you know do, do you that's what i was gonna say do you talk to rocky or then or just you know rocky's His, like the like the head of the company the now and then here's the internet facilities but I, okay. I, I do work with some of his magicians, you know. Okay. So I, I wasn't sure who your go-to, if you had, you know, was it Nimish, I mean, Nish? Well, Nish, no, more Nimish. Oh, Nish, Nimish. I talk to more on the uh, marketing side. Okay. For ideas sometimes, and sometimes I'm able to piggyback on bulk purchases, to be quite honest with you, um, which we haven't done. We, we've talked about doing. Uh, Nimish just because he's kind of like the factory guy. Yeah. Um, and he does all the, he does the pricing with the price cards, and we decide – you know, where the tobacco is going to come from. Are they coming directly from Rocky? Are they going, are we going to get it from other locations? And am I going to be the uh, owner of record on those purchases or not? Which gets into like a commodities type kind of yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rocky sometimes talk about blends. Uh, Hamlet a little bit. Hamlet's usually like, um, are you done your final paper? And he take it to Hamlet. If he smokes it, then we we look for his lesson. So it's oh, okay. Every time we finally decide to go to market, it's been nice to hear what Hamlet has to say. Um, but working with Amika and Herbert down there in the factories a lot. So now I've heard so many people say. I, I think everyone I've heard say they smoke better in the factory. So you have to bring them. you have to bring them here. <laughs> How long do you let them uh, rest? in the States before you think they're ready to go out? Oh, before I make a final decision? Yeah. Three or four months. So, so, so there's a, you know, so oh, I'm, like I'm, like I'm smoking it. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm there's putting, this and are they coming up on ship or on plane? Um, uh, I, we, 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 we've, We've gone over the maximum a couple times, bringing them <laughs> back, and then bringing them on a container. Mm-hmm. But they'll be rolled at that time. Yeah. So, I don't know, 300, 400 cigars, and then come back, and then 
uh, split them up between me and um, Frank for the most part. And then we have our own R&D team mm-hmm. that we reach out to, to you know, get feedback. And we're smoking them uh, on a weekly basis up to three or four months. And then we're like, all right, let's go. Let's go with that plan. Matter of fact, this whole, this whole project started in 2017. That, that's, what I, that's what I was going to ask. I might get, so so if you, if you're holding them for – you find out there's a problem two months in, you've got to start over. Yeah, there's still – I'll be honest. There's still some predictive, like, all right, three months, all right, boom, roll them. Okay. So We're so like, that, roll them. Like, in theory, the, this tobacco What's that? is in the field. Is it in theory, this tobacco was in the field in 2018? That, that – a lot of that tobacco was 2017 or 2018. Okay. okay. Depends. Depends on what it was. Uh, the Criollo was 2017, so that's in there. Um, now, I was supposed to be down in the factories in 2018, but the yeah. political climate wasn't conducive. It was a little rough then. Yeah, yeah. so 2019, I was down there. This blend, we finally, finally, finally finalized and got rolled in February of 19 and boxed in February of 20. Okay. The only time their freaking container came in on time was the one before that came in right at COVID. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, so so you're a couple of years in, you know. To you know, nobody wow. nobody knew except for Craig. Yeah. <laughs> my parents didn't even know. My best friend didn't even know. We're an Indian didn't even know, and it was hilarious. So like, because uh, uh, if I didn't do it, I didn't want it out the market, and we really. Hadn't put any any major cash out there at that point, except for uh, getting our contract. You know, we finally got all our contracts done in October of nineteen. I would say, with me and my partners, because after doing a couple of deals on a handshake in the industry beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I was making sure contracts were tight this time. <laughs> You're the second boutique guy uh, that I have heard say after making a deal on a handshake, yeah. I learned my lesson and I lost a lot of money in the process. Um, what would you well, say I is your, the biggest? Too, though, so, yeah. when when you sit down uh, and you you sat down, and you decided, all right, we're going to put all this together. Uh, what do you think is the biggest obstacle as far as starting a brand? Is it the, on the legal side or is it more the blending and uh, marketing side? Well, the blending side is always going to be tough. Uh, the marketing side, yeah, getting a grasp around it a little bit with the social media to get back on there because I was on the platforms. As a matter of fact, I was one of the first guys on Facebook because I was in grad school at Penn. Remember, they had Facebook, you had to have a college. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I had one because of grad school, and I went to grad school late. So, um, yeah, getting on it, you could if you looked at my, if you're paying attention, and I saw Kev from um, from the militia up there in New England on there, he's, he's laughed about my social media. If you look at it from the beginning, it was like, now, even with your stuff, if I repost it and putting gifts up there and all these other, <laughs> my game's getting a little stronger. We're going to get somebody that's going to help us out. But right now, I'm doing all the social media for us right now as well. So yeah, uh, and then you know, everywhere I go, somebody's laughing at me and, and helping me uh, get a little tighter. You know, as I've been getting around doing these events. 
it, it's you know, and that was going to be my next question of of you were when you were in the business. Yeah, there was social media, but nothing like it is today. No, just you, the you, press. And John managed that. Yeah, yeah, you, you get back into it, and it's like it, it's almost got to feel crushing, you know, just uh, um, to to get into it and then just try and navigate. Well, I don't everything. think so. I try to make appointments with myself to get stuff done. Which what's interesting. Is you know sometimes you'll see me post at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's ten o'clock at night. So uh, I'm either like on off hours, you know, non-shop hours or non-event hours. I'm either working on the administrative stuff or I'm working on the marketing stuff. Hey, hey, have you got children? Uh, three that I know about. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, or nieces and nephews no. that are in their late yeah. teens. Yeah. yeah. Hey, get get yeah. some late teenager to take care of that for you. My daughters have been helping. They're, they're laughing. They're probably on here right now watching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it it's tough. You know, and then, and then it's getting your timing right. You know, the a post you make at eleven o'clock at night. You know, on the East Coast might not get as much traction. You know, because it is so late at night. By the time everybody wakes up in the morning, your post is buried. And, and right. I think the hardest thing for me is making sure I'm saying thank you for the people because I have been getting yes. a lot of love out there from a lot of great people. Um, like, you know, the bourbon guys, the denim guys and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm saying thank you enough. I've gotten some compliments and I'm like, man, I, I still don't feel good. When you don't feel good in your, your gut, you know, it's something you got to you got to get better at. Yeah. So, what, do you, what, what do you think you could do better, though? I mean, you know, I, I see you out there. I see you doing the thank you. I see you doing the reposts. Right. I just get better at it. And then, you know, um, uh, which which will happen. And we're going to we, we got some plans to make that a little bit better, too. Yeah. Yeah. But financially feasible plans. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's definitely, you know, like I said, you know, um, I mean, at least taking the first step, knowing you know, that you may need help. That's always the first step. Well, and, and yeah. getting yeah. getting it out there in the more hands, the better. Like you said, you know, uh, Cigar Militia, I've seen him posting them. Yeah, you know, he's nuts. Get he's him out there. Yeah, he, 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 was, he was funny. We were hanging out, me, him, and Terrence Riley were hanging out a couple weeks ago up in uh, 724 up at Kirk Kendall's, and, you know, I was getting pointers. More important yeah. than I needed. I was just trying to enjoy my bourbon. It's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got the country covered. You know, he he's he's posting in, in New England. Kevin's yeah. posting in Florida. Yeah. I'm posting in Texas. You know, let's get well, out there in California. And, and you know, it, it, hey, listen, you, uh, uh, I've been watching you guys for a long time, and uh, obviously got that great introduction with Craig and Wooden Indian, and so that was nice. And I, I was, couldn't wait to get out here with you guys. So. You know, and uh, and and I tell everybody it's um um pe- people tend to focus on Facebook a, a lot, especially you know. But Instagram, 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 Instagram hey, is I've where been in Facebook jail for you know, the last twenty yeah, days. Not fa- me. Fa- fa- Facebook is does nothing for a brand. Zero. It's a, yeah. it, 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 it's almost it's almost zero. It is hard because everybody's got a political side, and you saw some of the wars that were going on, and we can't have that. And it's just yeah. like. And I'm mad at both of them, to be honest. You know, with you. yeah. yeah and, and, and Facebook last quarter lost 20 million subscribers, which is, I mean, they have over a billion subscribers. So to lose 20 million is nothing, you know. But but their their people are leaving. You know, it's um. But Instagram's oh, yeah. great. It's what Facebook used to be when I got out. It was a picture, yeah. a comment, and you know, a call a call to order or whatever. You know, that's yeah. It. Yeah. Well, MySpace days. 
Yep, that, 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 that's all it is. You know, you know that, that's why people are flocking to, to Instagram. It's just about the photos. It's a really good photo. And, you know, you can scroll it. You can click on it as long as that photo tells you a story. You'll like it. You'll remember it, and then you 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 scroll on. Yeah, as far know? as as far as business promotion, I would say Instagram is definitely the yeah. way to go. Yeah. You know, Facebook's still going to have a place for your friends and family, right. and it has a place in business. You know, I mean, we all you know, it's the um, um, it's just one of those things. You you, you have to have it. You, you have to have the Facebook. You know, it's right. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. I go basically just to watch vodcasts and podcasts. And yeah, I, and I regenerate whatever i did on instagram for the most part yeah my mom my mom if you're out there her and her friends you know trying to the geriatrics club trying to promote my cigars yeah. <laughs> hey so kevin has some more uh questions that i found extremely interesting or not i don't yeah. even know if they were questions but something that he had said in the the intro about uh some sport activity yeah can we delve into that a little bit was that you talking about the football or the lacrosse yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of it. So, and I played Division Three football. So, in Division Three football, they don't have spring uh, football. So, I got yeah. to play lacrosse. I was crease defense uh, in lacrosse in the spring, and then football. I was I started at center all four years, and then uh, played defensive tackle as well my junior and senior year. And I was long snapper all four years. And no. matter of fact, my coach, it, one of the cigars, is named after my coach. So, Coach O'Connor, he's down in Florida. Uh, well, there's two Coach O'Connors in junior. Uh, and it, that was more – it was him, but also in reference to all the coaches and mentors in our life. So those guys – you know, I, I got in a little bit of trouble growing up in Daytona Beach and uh, ended up at Valley Forge Military Academy, which was an opportunity for me to grow and get better and get prepared for college, which did. It helped me to study and then obviously off the grad school. <laughs> so it's just always those coaches along the line that, that really – Mean something to me, so yeah. So yeah. sports was fun, and then I played semi-pro. Now that's a funny story. So I played center my whole life. I get to semi-pro, uh, which you practice on Thursdays and you play on Saturdays. So and you play like these elementary schools. Like you, I mean, I didn't think it'd get worse than Division Three football <laughs> with like stadiums and stuff like that. But you know, playing at an elementary school with a bunch of guys that think they're going to go to the NFL or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So whatever it was, we're, it was getting tight. We were going up, and we were called the D.C. Chiefs, Washington, D.C. Chiefs, one of the oldest football programs, the oldest is D.C. Stonewalls. Uh, those guys go back to the old – they were old Buffalo soldiers, and um, I kind of started that program. But anyway, so we're playing. I got moved to guard, and I never played guard in my entire life, and I'm playing right guard. Never in my life if I did anything else except for center. And they're filming me, and I'm coming off the ball, and I'm slapping my ass and getting get my hands out the block. And my coach is watching films. He goes, God damn it, Peg. He goes, get your hands out your ass and get out there and block somebody. <laughs> I've done it for so many years. I had snapped the ball. Yeah. Wow. I was still doing that coming off the ball. We could see it. And I didn't know I was doing it until I saw it on film. Um Another, yeah, that's muscle memory, you know, after all those years yeah. in the center. Yeah. Well, another funny story. Remember Major Harris? Some people might recognize him. He played I from Virginia. I the name. I don't I, – I can't yeah. say that. No. They, they loved him, you know. Uh, so we're going out to West Virginia to play. 
and it's about 9.30 at night. We had probably, I think, an 8 o'clock kickoff. Finally, our coach calls the other coach. And the coaches were owner coaches, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> calls the other coach and goes, I don't think we're going to make it the game. Our, uh, we got a flat tire on the bus. He goes, we'll come pick you up. He goes, we got 20,000 fans out here. Sure enough, we get to all these guys from West Virginia wanted to watch Major Harris play football. We get out to the stadium, and we kicked off like at 11.45 at night. God. Drunken ragers in the stands, and it was hilarious. I mean, they had paid a ticket to watch Major Harrison. They were going to watch him. And, that, and all these bumpkins came out and picked us up and put us away in the back of pickup trucks driving an hour and a half to the stadium to play. Yeah. And yeah. that's I'm like, and we got there. The fans were great with us. Uh, the other team was great with us, great host. And that's when you're like, that's football. That's what football is supposed to be about. Like, you know, of course, they wanted to see major, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's like, that's one of those mental uh, images that you'll never forget. That's a, yeah. Because yeah. I was even kind of tired, but I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> You know. Play at midnight, start starting off. So, uh, so, you, so you never got scouted. None of the uh, the the, uh, the big the big teams came, came looking at it. long snapper, but yeah, nothing really. Yeah, oh, you you say you were a long snapper. So it's uh, yeah. um, when's the last time you tried to pick up a ball and uh. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My brother, who was a long snapper too, and tight end, and he played for Michigan Tech. He uh, he was in town over the summer. We were golfing, and we were supposed to have a contest and. Uh, well, he got too drunk and passed out, so we, we never had it. <laughs> hey, so what? It, the average long snap is what, 20, 25 yards? What's that? Like when you do a long snap, what is that, yeah, 20 yards? You got a long snap. So you you have your place kicking and you have your punt. Punt was, I want to say it was 12, 12 and a half yards, and I think it was seven for a, a, uh, a kick. Okay. So and it was two different ones. One, you know, I'm when I looked at it, 20, 25 ball, yards, yeah. One, I would slide my hand on the ground. So for – an extra point or a three point, my mm. bottom hand would, would slide. I'd want that ball to stay down low. And then on a punt to the punter, I'd bring my hand up and try to shake hands with the punter. To get know, high enough so where he yeah. can step and, yeah. You wanted to come right at their waist. You wanted that ball to hit right at their waist. Wow. And then, and then I, I saw one, one of our uh, 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 friends of the uh, the show uh, was chiming in, and uh, they had messaged me today and said you love their product, the uh, uh, the cigar medics, the uh, the humidimeter. Yeah, yeah, I had fun with those guys. Uh, yeah, I have I have it in. Uh, oh, did, did, have you have you met those guys? Uh, we, uh, we saw each other, I think briefly at TPE, but we talked a little bit on the phone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're a blast. Mike, I, I was talking to. Yeah, um, uh, I talked to Luigi, the uh, uh, the owner. Because um, when um, we're down at factories, there's a device that we use that's very similar to that. Yeah, it's a lot bigger, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it'll a lot make more expensive. More. Yeah, because we talk about moisture more than we talk about humidity. Mm-hmm. So, humidity just has become a relative term, no pun intended. You know, for, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for the masses on that. You know, and I asked him about how the formula worked in you know, the moisture conversion, and he goes, ah, you know, proprietary. Uh, yeah. So, but but the counts turned out right. So it, it's uh, I like it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, I sent Saka a, a couple of them, and um, um, um compared Matt, to hit out of my notes when I do my follow up notes, and then we'll yeah. weights and measures too. Yeah, I know Skip talks about that a lot. He does weights and measures. When we do weights and measures too, I'm also looking at that, and I'm basing it off that device. Yeah, and I'll actually put because I have two of them now. 
I'll actually put which one, uh, which device I use. Yeah, and I, I have often said that and asked that because of, of the same thing. Like you were saying, people play with the, the moisture levels in the tobacco uh, even after rolling, and I would expect that they would want them to be extremely dry before shipping because the weight would be less, and then they would re-humidify uh, once they're back in the States. Yeah. No? Not that much, no. No, yeah, and, and I know, like I said, you know, it, uh, the FDA, isn't there a thing, like I said, it was, uh, you know, on a... Um, but also your cigars taste different at different humidity levels, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So your darker, thicker cigars, you want... I, I like them a little less. I like them at around 62. Yeah. All right. You, yeah. There's a there's a huge 62, 63 cord out there. Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer mine a little drier over a little moister. I, I think they're just, you know, a little moister. Sometimes they, t you know, like I said, they taste a little bit better. Sometimes I get some burn issues with them being just a little bit moister. So, you know, I, I tend to, to err on the side of a little bit drier. Well, the thing is, too, is you got to have enough in there the last time, time because, you know, your cigar might be sitting in a retail shop sometimes. Yeah. Yes. They're not rotating the stock correctly, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge issue. And guess who they blame? They blame the manufacturer. The manufacturer, uh, I, I which um, <clears throat> I agree to to a certain extent, but a lot I don't. It's, it, it's like the end consumer – not every end consumer is watching these shows or understanding that, you know, where they're buying their stuff from has a lot, has a lot of influence. And that's why we start using Bovidas or we used to call them Humidipax and they changed the name of Bovida. Yeah. When I was, you know, we're talking about putting those back in our boxes again right now. I've been talking to Jay and, and, and Rob over there that we wanted to start putting those in. We want to start putting them in our boxes again. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Caravillante. Like at CAO, we did that. Yeah, yeah Carviahante with Vahante uh, Stuggy Road. He's he says he's going to start putting those in his boxes too, just because the cost is so fractional. That safety is, you know, sense of security that you get uh, is is worth so much more than the the minimal cost of putting of that in there. With the shipping inconsistencies that went on besides COVID. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. So it's like you, you just feel better. And I and I got to tell you, so at CAO. We had to pick up a lot of product, so I would make my reps personally go out and pick up. <laughs> right when we started putting the humidipacks in there, uh, or bovinas in there, they were called humidipacks. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Jay Robin. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Try to say dedication, dedication. Uh, yeah. And, um, we noticed that our pickups were very light after that. Yeah. It, it saved a lot of issues. Yeah, you know, um, I reached out to a, um, um, uh, I get a, a cigar shop that had their own line of cigars, and they sent me a box of them, and they were sell, you know, a box, and then it had the cello wrapped around the box, and right. it had the and it had the Boveda stickers on the uh, on the box sealing it. You know, I opened up the box and I pulled out the Boveda, and I could, I almost was able to break it in half, and it was, mm -hmm. uh, and it was dry, and I sent him a picture of poking the cigar, and it was at fifty two percent. And um, he, he said, where can I get one of those meters, you know? And then he right. overnighted one from the guys, and uh, they end up pulling every box off their shelf, hundreds and hundreds of boxes. And they, they just, I, I don't know what, what happened. That Bovida was just, it was a brick, and every cigar was dry. Well, and for the cigar medics. In there, how bad those cigars would have been. Oh, that, yeah. that's what I said. Could you imagine, you know, you know, without, you know, and, 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 
I, I don't know. I mean, twenty-five dollar investment. Yeah, you know, um, uh, and, and it takes and it takes a while. You get a cigar at fifty percent. You know, you know, it can take months. You know, to get that cigar. Get back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Those guys, I was going down the factory. They, they overnighted me mine down to the factory back in February. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> We're out of Chicago, right? Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, up 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 in Chicago. You know, great 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 guys. They they um, um we we yeah, work really together are. all the time. They actually make make one of my little cigar rests for me. You know. Yeah, um, and they've uh, got a promotion right now for our viewers. Go over uh, to their Instagram page, like, follow, do follow their instructions, uh, and you get <laughs> a, a triple flame torch and an ashtray or something giveaway they've got going on. Who's this? Cigar, uh, Medics. cigar Medics. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Super, super great guys. Um, so ne next year, you know, so you, you've helped people plan their retirement future. So, <laughs> so, so I, I have to believe that, that you have a, a, a detailed log for the next couple of years for all Saints cigars short term. What, what do we got coming out in 2021? And then what, what is your, you know, what is your prospects yeah. in 2025? You know? Yeah. So, um, uh... So for 20, what, 2021, we have three lines coming out. Um, one's going to be a lot more full-bodied. Um, again, you know, I thought it was going to be more on the full side. This next project that's coming to market will be uh, medium plus plus. We got a mild cigar coming out of Honduras. Uh, again, working with Rocky's team in the uh, Parisia, uh, Honduras. And, uh, you know, obviously Placentia will be involved with that a little bit. Uh, and then we have another about a medium cigar coming out. And then we got a special project that we're working on that we'd like to roll out November 1st, All Saints Day. Also, our anniversary. Okay. So 2025, uh, obviously, we have a sales force. Um, right now, we are uh, doing everything. So, you know, Rocky, we bring our stuff in mostly with Rocky's Containers. And, go, and clear through Miami, and then we go over to La Polina, uh, the team over there, and they do our fulfillment. Oh, okay. So, which is about two miles away from Rocky. Uh, so, yeah, 2025, we'll, we'll definitely we'll have a facility and a sales force. Excellent. And then see how we can work together with, you know, Rocky's building a new compound down in uh, Nicaragua, uh, and they haven't slowed down on that a little bit. Uh, so like to see how, how we can get integrated and do some of our own integration with that as well. Um, I was talking to factories for the last two weeks, you know, with these hurricanes. Mm -hmm. We did lose a couple nurseries, but we feel good that with, with the seed count that we have that we should be okay. Well, that's when, good. I when say, you, but, you know. <laughs> when, when, when do you I, think? I, I, um, you know, it's somebody else's stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Now, you, now you have your, your thumb on the pulse. Everybody loves spending everybody else's money, right? <laughs> oh, you know that. So you have your thumb on the pulse. When do, when do you think Nicaragua, is there anything, you know, like when are they going to open back up where you can get down there and, you know. Yeah, so they're open. Um, you can get flights. Oh, um, can you? Oh, because I, I keep I hearing know, people I, saying I they can't can't get down there. Well, I looked at flights one, a week ago. Oh, okay. So, so this is this is how I look at it. And then I'm talking to my contacts down there that I'm friends with, uh, all, you know, Guys, I've been friends with for many, many years. Uh, they're like, "Come down, come down. We're fine. We're fine." I'm like, "Yeah, okay. Well, I have. I'm getting COVID testing quite a bit now, uh, just because it, 
my attorney yelled at me, quit posting all this stuff all over the place, you know, because the large companies are telling their guys not to get around. Yeah. Um, but I think that when the vaccine comes out, I think I'll, I'll venture down there. All right. So, so, uh, so from I, what my understanding I'm is, I'm hearing that from a lot of my other guys, my, yeah. my yeah. friends. Um, my understanding is with Nicaragua, obviously with the, the two storms, um, it's not necessarily COVID that is going to put a, a dent in the American market next quarter. Uh, but it's the infrastructure being damaged and the people unable to uh, move the tobacco, roll the tobacco, uh, ship the tobacco, etc. Yeah, it's more Honduras, I would say, than the, the Nicaragua. From, oh, what, is it? My, from my understanding and the conversations I'm having. Yeah. Um, but I think you're spot on. Um, yeah, the hurricanes, um, yeah, really didn't. There were some flooding issues, but nothing... Yeah. Nothing, nothing was out in the fincas anyways. Right now, that stuff doesn't get planted until January. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that's what you still no. The nurseries got you know the nurseries are the most important. You can't put anything in the fincas that the nurseries are. Flooded. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, think I didn't think about that. Yeah. I guess that that makes everybody talks about the fields, but nobody's right. talking about the nurseries. You know. Yeah. Um, I know there's people sneaking down there. You know, Central America here and there, but. I mean, I can't see myself. Um, uh, we have, you know, I have my parents are, um, you know, in their 70s. My in-laws are in their 70s. I have a, a, a sister-in-law uh, who uh, is, is fighting cancer right now very awesomely, if that's a word. Um, she was diagnosed on August 15th, and uh, she keeps fighting the battle every day. So, and my wife, who's on furlough, uh, has been able to be a caregiver, not caregiver. I mean, she gets up and does, you yeah. know, she's, she's not an invalid. She, I mean, she's companion. Yeah. My yeah. stuff companion. And, and goes shopping and stuff. But Kimmy's there for, you know, just being a, a, a sister. And I don't want to come home and put my wife in a situation uh, that would put my, my sister-in-law. I, I couldn't live with myself if something like that got passed through. So, and if if you know the the tyrannies, uh, my wife's side of the family, they're all badasses and fight like sons of bitches. So uh, I don't want to be anybody that would put a kink in the armor. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 hoping for the uh, the vaccine soon. We can. Um, I definitely want to get. You know, I I I'll, I don't know what people say. Don't take it. Take it. I want it. I can start traveling. I can start getting out of the country. I can start doing more right. things, you know, you know, same thing. I, I don't want to bring anything. So our, our son has down syndrome. He's got a, right. a, 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 an immune system. That's not, you know, up to par, like, like everybody else. So we, we definitely don't want to right. bring anything home for him. And um, yeah, you know, you'd be surprised how many people in the cigar industry have these type of issues. You know, I, I, I good friends of mine up in new England has a son with uh, down syndrome too. And, Every day he goes to work, you know, he's like putting the mask on and going into the tobacco shops and doing these things. And, you know, you got to be conscious of it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that you do. So, uh, um, Kevin, is, is your daughter still working in the COVID specific wing at yep, the local yep. hospital? Yeah. My, my daughter uh, is down in Miami. She, she only deals with COVID patients. So she's been, she's been doing that since the, since the beginning, since uh, uh, the, the, the break, you know, you know, so, you know, she, she transferred from a local hospital here and where we're at in Sarasota County and 
you know, she transfers down to Miami, starts this big fancy job RN in charge of this and this, and then bam, COVID hits. And it's like, guess what you're going to do? You know? So, uh, well, tell your daughter, I said, thank you. So, yeah, yeah, she, um, uh, they, they take very good care of her. Uh, she stays very well protected. She gets tested quite often. And, um, you know, she, she's definitely, definitely on the front line and, you know, but that, that's what she signed up for, you know, as a, as an RN, you know, so that's, um, you know, it's, her, her job that's how, how she looks at it she's like this This is you know i can't shy away from it and i can't you know run and hide you know that people need right. help so that, that's what she's doing yeah, yeah. so um uh mickey hey, before we make you oh. no go ahead go ahead all right hey dude i just have a, a a question and i'm surprised kevin didn't ask it um but you had mentioned you know you've got several cigars in line coming up uh over the the right coming months and, and years how do you feel about candela is there anything candela uh even whispered about with us yeah 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 what, what's your what's your take on the candela, candela. just because everybody hates it I'm <sighs> mick and bring it on every st patty's day st mick god that's, that's my that's my favorite my favorite's candela i like yeah. candelas but I, yeah everybody hates them Every, everybody hates them you want even more because I, I, what I, everybody else did, that's what this industry is great about. Let's do something that not everybody else is doing. It. There's fun things you could do with it. Look what Christian Aurora has done with the Candela. Look what uh, Alan Rubin, all these guys, love these guys. They're all maniacs. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And I love it. And the more yeah. that everybody hates it, the more I want to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, Excellent. I want to do a Candela. Yeah. I haven't bought any tobacco yet, but uh, – or – or put a blend together, but put a blend yeah. together, but yeah, it, it's yeah. I, I would smoke the Mick, you know, just just for the oh, name. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I just want the name, the Mick, you know, just yeah, smoking, right. just smoking that smoking cigar, you know. So, um, before we let you go, um, where can people find your cigars? I mean, how how do they find how do they find All Saints? Yeah, so All Saints, uh, you know, again, I would say go to our website. We do not sell direct. But it's pretty updated on, on who has it. Um, so I will leave it at that because there are a couple the the shops. I'll say Wooden Indian, where I'm shooting from right now. They have a full capabilities of, of mail order and, and getting those out to you and call them and say, you know, we're listening to you on Cigar Prop. And I'm sure they'll give you, they will give a little, give a little bit of love there as well, too, on the pricing. Um, we're basically on the East Coast right now. We're, we're getting everywhere that we need to be. So we're from New Hampshire down to Naples. Uh, we'll be out. We're, we're in Ohio. We're in, in They're all <laughs> kind of little scenarios. But the density is on the East Coast. But that yeah, would yeah. be and, and that do mail order that would do – that would, can get it to you if you're located in, in a weird location. Yep, and then, and then everybody listening or watching, uh, um, uh, in the description below, I, I have all the links. For, yeah, that's awesome, know, by the way. For, I love for, that. For, uh, that's that's what we, we definitely try and do. And then I'll go back in. Now that I know Wooden Indian carries them, I'll put a link directly to Wooden Indian. We love Dave yeah. Meyer. We, yeah. we love the guys over there. But there is a link right now to the All Saints, you know, your website. Your, you guys. What's that? They're all sitting over here. They're saying hi. Oh, great, great, great guys. We, we, had, we had an absolute blast um, uh, talking with those guys. And um, and next time you're down at Naples, you know, obviously uh, you've been. Have you been to Bur- you? Well, obviously you've been to Burn. If yeah, you're all we're the way burn. down. We'll find a product in uh, the Burn in Naples and in Atlanta. 
All right, so so uh, Burns only about ninety minutes from me. I try and get over there. Well, I'll come over. I'll see you. You know, as often as I can. Usually, whenever I find out Nimish is down there, I'll go down and hang out with Nimmy D for a little bit. And, uh, Why? You know, <laughs> N- Nimish is fun. You yeah, know, uh, you know. Well, they call me the White Nimish. Oh, yeah. You know, God, I cannot get that picture out of my head now. You know, of just you are the White Nimish. Oh my God, I'm gonna put a picture later of you and Nimish because you are. Hey, Nemesh has lost a lot of weight over this past year. Yeah, that's why he's, that's why he's starting to look like me. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's uh, yeah, N- I I love hanging out with Nemesh, and uh, he he's just such a fun guy. And uh, well, um, we'll uh, share stories with you because Nemesh and I have gotten some between the factories, finding casinos and stuff like that. <laughs> when I when I heard you say earlier, you you talked to Nemesh, I'm thinking. The stories that that man has with uh, with 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 Nimmy D, I, I can only I can only imagine. So we have a good time. So so when you're when you're down at Naples, uh, uh, let me know. We'll come down there. We'll uh, we'll have some cigars with Nimish and uh, just sit around drinking. Absolutely. So cool. All right, Mickey. We want to thank you for coming on and spending ninety minutes of your time with us tonight. We definitely yeah, appreciate that. Diggins and uh, you guys, thank you so much for having me. It was a great pleasure for us and the uh, on behalf of Frank and Martin. And I uh, can't wait for you to meet all, all the gang. And again, thanks for the time. Oh, you're welcome. Right. And then, uh, um, you know, if you need any airtime, you know, like I said you got something new coming out, whether it's you need an hour or you need 20 minutes, let us know. We can always go live on the fly and we can get your, uh, we can spread the good love of all Saints cigars. Yeah. Let's talk offline after the holidays, after Thanksgiving. I love to pick your brain on some, maybe some, some ideas. Yeah, I know, we, I know you're moving stuff around here a little bit, so yeah, we we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk. We'll talk for sure. All right, all right, Mickey, have a good okay. night. All right, have a good okay. night, Mickey. Thank you.